Hey guys, just Josh here. Welcome to Ballarat Talks. Proudly sponsored by the Region Cinema. Jeez, you, yeah, you, yeah. you put the balls on the line there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> just, just, just. No, I moved, I moved out of home when I was 14, so it sort of comes really? My face. Oh, the phone, the phone's going to ring off the hook. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys, with Cam Lynch. All right, ready to rumble? Yeah. Today's guest, he, uh, he owns two shops. First time meeting him today. Um, we actually just ran into each other down at Camp Partners. We didn't know each other, who, who each other were. Um, so he's got one in Ballarat, one in Dalston. I hope that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he's a qualified horticologist. Is that how you say uh, You're pretty close. Is it? Go, yeah, horticulturist. All right, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome, Cam, from uh, when Polly met. Murphy. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming in, mate. Are you working today? Is it uh, public We're holiday? open, yeah. yeah. Public holiday, we're open. Um, Emma, my partner's up there. She's yep. manning the shop, so I get to come and do this. Awesome. Push that mic in a little bit closer, man. Sorry. Yeah, get aggressive with it if you want. That's right. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Yeah. Sweet. Good ass. Um, first of all, mate, uh, how you been through lockdown? Pretty rough? Uh, yeah, it has been rough. Um, it kind of just feels... I was saying to someone, caught up with a mate this morning, um, and... We're just sort of saying this year has been harder than last year. Mm. Um, although last year it sort of came and we were open for six weeks and then closed the following six weeks. This year just having continuous short, sharp lockdowns, yep. the flow and effect from that's just, yeah, it's probably been a lot harder this year, like mentally and, and, as, and a business owner. Yeah. It's, just, it was, it's a weird sort of like you sort of start and then people aren't confident to come in or yeah. especially like in my industry with the gyms and that people don't want to sign up it's just like well why are we signing no. up we're gonna be closed in two weeks time again oh, the uncertainty is crazy it's ridiculous um, yeah it really is hard and i feel like personally every time we get told to close i worry that no one's going to come back it mm. might have been four days yep. or, or a week and the night before we reopened like i'm starting to go like what if no one comes yep. like what if it's all changed yep I'm like, anyone in like that I speak to about it goes doesn't make any sense. I'm like, but to me, it's crippling. Like, I've, I'm so confident in what I do, but then I'm so scared that people won't come. Yeah. And it's like this this emotional roller coaster through lockdowns. It's, sort of, it's, it's out of control. Like you don't yeah. really like. Yeah, do you reckon this will be the last one? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but then, you know, I kind of thought that a week or so ago, and then we had that. That seven day one and yep. yeah, which seven, was really bizarre because we're in for seven days, but then you can meet for a picnic or something two days that later. Makes sense. It's like, None of it makes like even like um like going to people's houses with one or two people. Yet you can meet yeah. places like this, or you can meet in um go to the cinema with ten different people or twenty different people. That doesn't quite yeah. make sense to me. Yeah, um yeah, it's pretty pretty rough. Anyway, start me off. Uh, tell me about yourself. Where where'd you grow up? Uh, Bayswater, eastern suburbs. Um, not sure if you know nah, it. Um, good to put Baysy on the map. Um, <laughs> Baysy is pretty. Uh, well, it's a colourful town. Uh, yeah. It's come a long way now, but yeah, it was a good good childhood growing up out there, like foothill foothills of the Dandenong Ranges. Mm. How many people there uh, that live out there? Yeah, heaps. Okay. Um, yeah, so like, it's big. Yeah, big eastern suburbs. Like um, a like a what? Like how, how like a? Oh, I don't know. Like um not really really very good with these kind of um i don't know it's big yeah, like okay. it's you know the eastern suburbs where i grew up feels like it was on par with like ballarat okay like there's you know shopping centers everywhere yep. lots of people lots yep. of footy clubs soccer clubs netball like yeah um so grew up out there um grew up with predominantly mum um my parents split at a young age so grew up with mum my sister is um, her dad lived in Sydney. Yep. So the house was kind of always chopping and changing, but me and Mum were were pretty much always the pretty yep. the ones that were always there. Yep. Um, yeah. So I spent most of most of my life just you know I don't know growing up as a kid does like playing cricket. Um, was big into soccer. Um, I did hear that. You're yeah. Pretty, you went pretty far with it, didn't you? Uh, I wasn't bad. Yeah. yeah. I was I was really <laughs> I good. I was a I was a great junior that never went anywhere. Okay. Let's put it that way. So you yeah. went to like, like, how long did you play to 18, 19, 20 or something? Uh, yeah, I reckon I, I did a few cameos like early 20s, but yep. the, I was probably no good after 19. Okay. Just because I discovered that traveling and, you know, going out and, you know, playing for a team that didn't expect you to train as hard and th that was pretty cool. Where'd you play? Where'd you play? Where was that? Where was the... Uh, like, all out east. Um, all out there. Yeah, yep. juniors I played everywhere. Like... Um, I was playing in like the Super League, they called it at that at that time. So played for like Doncaster, South Melbourne, Bulleen. Yep. Um, yeah, it was just pretty much anywhere that... I was a goalkeeper. 
Okay. So there's one position. Yep. So hence going from club to club, it yeah. was like you just go where you got where you're going to play. Yeah, we're going to play. Yep. Yeah, but um, that pretty much as a kid, sport was just like that was everything. Yeah. Um, I wasn't great at school. I wasn't bad, but I loved like English and history and hated everything else. Really? Yeah. Um, Not common ones, actually. Yeah. 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 Oh, I liked art, but I was no good at it, which yeah. frustrated me because I always felt like. Is that where the tattoos come in? Is that sort of. Uh, yeah. I, I've always. I think I tried to um, twist mum's arm when I was about 14 to sign off on me getting a tattoo. I'm glad she said no. 14, man. Yeah. I wanted a flaming eight ball like up my forearm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, big in like. I loved like punk rock music from a young age mm-hmm. and was just obsessed with doing things differently, different clothes, tattoos, changing your hair color, yep. piercings. I just thought the whole thing, I just thought if not many people are doing it, that's what I want to do. Okay, cool. I like that. Um, yeah, so yeah, a little bit of the sort of art and alternative side came from that. Um, so you move, when did you move from there? Uh, so I <coughs> stayed there until I was um, probably 24, 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and had bought a property by that stage um, and then started to look at wanting to move closer in a city. Yep. Um, so then made the um, transition to go to Brunswick. Yep, bought nice, a ha- nice bought, area. Yeah, bought a house in Brunswick. Oh, wow. Um, and then, yeah, stayed there for a little while and then was kind of going through this stage where buying, renovating and selling properties was, you know... Um, did you have so, a, like a building background at all? No, no, nah, nah, landscape construction, but like horticulture predominantly. So, um, yeah, my dad's a builder. Um, my stepbrother's a builder. Yeah. Um, growing up in eastern suburbs, everyone's a tradie. So, yeah. you know, it didn't take much to get plumbers and electricians. And yep. we just kind of stumbled. So, yeah, and then was in Brunswick for a little while, was loving it, but um, kind of realising that I was working really hard to to sort of pay bills and everything and yeah picked Ballarat off a map and out of nowhere like why Ballarat uh like honestly I I probably couldn't tell you um my wife at the time um she'd come up here and do like dancing recitals okay um and she's like I went to Ballarat and I looked at a few pictures and I was like oh Ballarat looks nice and then um I think we came up once stayed in an Airbnb and I was like yeah this is all right what, was, what what drew you to it then? What was like? No, the, like honestly, like it's it just not, like this. Just like, I think I just got in my head that like um, raising kids in the country. I was just mm. like, I thought I'd buy a flannelette shirt and you know like <laughs> throw the business just, in and just you know be a man of the country. And then it couldn't be any more different because I live in Central Ballarat and yeah. it's actually not that much different. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you feel like it was coming to country? country oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I was really? coming from Brunswick. Um, well, this is like to me. This was like the big smoke. I was like, this yeah, is heavy stuff out here. No, I can't. Uh, yeah, I was honestly like, I'm moving to the country, and like you know, friends and family were like, you know, why Ballarat? Why and I was sticks? like, oh, I don't know. Like, I probably should have come up with an answer to that question by now. It's been a few years, but. Yeah. It's actually the best thing that ever happened, I reckon. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a, I like I say to everyone, I love it here. Yeah, I think some people do give it a bad rap. Not sure why. I don't know if it's seasons of the year, like it. Yeah, it can get cold, but I yeah, think I say definitely. four seasons, but yeah, um, yeah, cool. So you you move here twenty four. Yeah, uh, no, I reckon I moved here. I'm thirty now. Um, I probably moved here when I was twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. And we initially when you moved, did you buy a house first? Uh, yes. Yeah. Did you was was that your intent to flip that too? Were you gonna? Um, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Tr- like it, it was always to try and stay, but the like the renovation process was always profit in mind and yeah. trying to trying to come up with something that if we wanted to to change, we could. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually a funny story buying that house because we we'd sold Brunswick yeah, and we're kind of huge, wouldn't it? Yeah, we're kind of in a in a state where it's like we needed to buy. Yep. And we came out to Ballarat. And we're looking at houses, and I was like, oh, like I didn't understand all these different suburbs. So I was like, why is the prices so different? Like, what's the difference between Wendery and Lake Wendery? Like, they can't be that different. <laughs> Turns out they are. Um, and yeah, so we find this place, go and look at it, and um, yeah, I like walk in the front door and just see the house and just go, no way. And like, again, Gemma, my ex partner, um, she's got Pollyanna in her hands, and she goes through, sees the kitchen, the backyard. 
I just walked past the real estate agent and just said, oh, good luck selling that, mate. That bad? Yeah, that bad. How, how expensive was it, though, uh, at the time? I think, I think they wanted, like, 350 for it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Central Ballarat, like, on Dana Street. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then turned around, like, maybe four weeks later, couldn't find a house to buy. I was like, we just need to buy one. Like, what about the house on Dana Street? And I called the real estate agent up and I said, like, oh, mate, like, I want to put in an offer. And he didn't think I was serious. Yeah. I was like, no, I am. Like, it's a great location. The house has got, you know, promise. He's like, you haven't even seen it. So anyways, we, we put in an offer. We got it. It was, and then, yeah. Um, yeah, sort of, that's where it all kind of, the story of Ballarat started, I guess. And, and you just, you're still in that house now? Like no, 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 like couldn't, um, yeah, so much has changed since moving to Ballarat. Like my life from moving here to what it is now is so different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything happens for a reason and it's, yeah, it's all for the best now. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay, so then you move, when did the business come into mind? Like, how did that even play out? Like, where did you come from? Because this is when, were you studying at that, were you studying at time for the, when did the, hort, sorry, horticulturist? Yeah. I'm going to struggle with <laughs> I, this. One. I jumped into horticulture at 19. Okay. Um, yeah, finished, finished year 12, um, was pretty keen on plumbing. Yep. Um, and was like working, playing soccer, um, making some money from that and kind of, you know, living at mum's. Yep. Wasn't really, kind of lost nine months there. And then anyways, a job popped up. It was like apprenticeship with a, um, you know, landscape construction garden maintenance company. Yep. I just went, great, I'll take that. And then started my apprenticeship, day one, loved it. Um, worked with him for, uh, so four or five years. Mm-hmm. Ended up being like his second in charge after about two and a half. Um, and had some apprentices under me. He was great, gave me like all the knowledge in the world, allowed me to travel. Um, yeah, and then from that was then the process into starting my own business. And then I did that for um, four to five years as well. Um, as in that was the process to get you to open your own shop? Uh, no, that was, uh, I did, um, had a garden maintenance company. Gotcha, oh yeah, right. Yeah, called Cameron Lynch Horticulture. Yep. Um, yeah, and yeah, did that in inner city Melbourne. Um, yeah, really, it was a really good time. Um, yeah, loved it. And what made you start the shop here? Like, what was the... To get to that, I kind of need to... Like, when we moved, the decision was to shut down the company yep. um, and to do something completely different cool. um, because logistically, travelling from Ballarat to keep the company viable in inner-city Melbourne yeah, was much. just going to... Like, with a young... Um, you know, Polly was you know, probably only... 12, 18 months at the time. Yep. Um, so yeah, closed the business down and then moved to Ballarat, spent three months working full-time on the house, yep. um, just decided to be, you know, try and be a builder and had the best time ever. And then when that finished it, it was really hard because I'd had three months where I was working, you know, six, seven days a week on this house yep. and putting everything into it. And then the day we moved in, the renovation was finished. Wow. And it was kind of like, what do you do now? Like yeah. I thought during that time, oh, do I go and, you know, do another apprenticeship? Do I go into building or something like that? Or, you know, do I start doing landscaping here? And it was really, I was a bit lost. So I started, I went to uni mm-hmm. um, and started doing building surveying um, and did, did that for a little while. And then I was doing some gardening work at the time, traveling back to Melbourne, doing bits and pieces just to sort of contribute financially. And then took a job in construction. Um, in became, Ballarat? Yeah, in Ballarat yep. um, for Langdon. Oh, yeah. Um, worked for them for a year, um, did uh, probably just short of a year. Um, yeah, and ended up being a building supervisor. Um, just Fine, done, a, done a few things, man. Yeah, like, yeah. I Honestly, I reckon I was on a bit of a slippery slope. Like I was, I was trying to find something and I was a bit lost and the hole that the business going had left in like you know me was was really starting to show itself Mm -hmm. um so I was yeah I wasn't that was probably the downfall of my health like mentally was during those times and it became you know in that time Murphy was born um working for Langdon I was working big hours and then yeah then it all sort of it all fell apart and um, everything that I knew at that point stopped, you know, marriage breakdown, stopped working for Langdon, yep. 
um, went through a really, really tough time mentally, um, spent close to four months in like a uh, mental health hospital in rehab. Um, Is that in Ballarat? Uh, Ballarat and Geelong. Yeah. Yeah, did a little stint in Geelong with like a um, private one and yep. did, um, yeah, quite a lot of time in, um, in the Ballarat services. And yeah, through that time to sort of lose everything that you, you know, you had. Um, so when I came out, I never went back into the family house. Yep. Um, yeah, it was so pretty much the starting of when Polly met Murphy is off the back of having nothing. Um, yeah, it was going back into horticulture because that was what I knew. That's what brought me happiness That's for happiness, yeah. the majority of my life. That's what I, I was passionate about and I knew I could share that. Yeah. Um, but I started it off the back of probably the, well, definitely the darkest times in my life. Um, how, how, I can't imagine like obviously going through that and then hitting sort of that rock bottom. How did you then think I'm going to start a business? Like how, like, yeah. Um, like, so I was living in like a little two bedroom, like rental. Um, and yeah, I was, I was just trying to, I was applying for jobs, um, whilst going through all the legal stuff of splitting up a marriage. And, it's hard to, it know, was hard to get jobs here too. Two, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, two kids and yeah. just getting nothing back. Um, and being really like, I didn't know many people because yeah. like when I, like I knew the people at Langdon, but, um, you know, like they're all so busy mm. and I didn't have, most of our friends were mutual in the relationship. So then you're sort of losing a large portion of them. Yeah. Um, so it was really, really isolating. Oh, um, man. and yeah, just applying for jobs, getting nowhere. Um, eventually sort of came to the resolution of all the financial settlements and things like that. And was sort of in a position where I, I had some money and, no job yep. and everyone in my family was sort of saying buy a house like put your money into something like you know you've just come off the back of like a really rough time you need to invest this yep um and i just thought well maybe i could maybe i could sell some plants i reckon like indoor plants are like um obviously spent my whole life growing outdoor plants um had a few indoors but wasn't you know necessarily hugely into them um and did like the begonia festival oh yeah 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 i used to live above hattie and the wolf um uh, she's like a little one? shop on skipton street okay yeah um and yeah i said to her like i used to run into her all the time and she was like we're doing the begonia festival like do you want to sell some plants and like split the cost of this stall awesome. i was like yeah no worries i can do that pulled it together in four days bought some t-shirts on vista print and thought <laughs> i was legitimate um <laughs> Sold a few, had the time of my life, like meeting people, everyone, you know, was happy. And then applied for a commercial lease off the back of... And that's the shop you're on now? Yeah. yeah. And then it took a long time, like, you know, going back and forth with them, just trying to trying to get it. And then once I... They were, you know, for them to say yes, based on what I was sort of providing in terms of sales. Mm. And, you know, I had financially, I could afford it but I had no sales to oh, say. So they wanted it. to show you, that you, they wanted you to show the track record. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, when you go for commercial leases, they want to know, you know, like they effectively want you to be able to buy the building without buying the building. It's like they want you to know that you've got all the sales, Who is this all room? the money behind you. Who it's is the just commercial lease room? Uh, it's, oh, it's a private one. Yeah, ah, okay. um, it's through like a real estate agent, but the landlords, like they, you know, they want to know. They want to know you're going to stay there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So anyways, got that and, yeah, there was a, I think there was a few question marks, um, like in family and friends going, hang on a minute, like you know, sign, signing up a lease, you know, when you're signing for two years and then plus three years, plus three years or yep. whatever you take. Um, but yeah, open the doors and bang, the rest is history, I guess. So obviously, well, talking to you now that the shops are obviously named after your kids, mm. how did you come to that? Like when did, like you're just thinking these are my pride and joy? Uh, yeah, so I guess the idea of like when Polly Matt Murphy is such a, like it's a happy place. I always say it's a community. It's a like a safe space for people to come. Yep. Everybody's welcome. But the name kind of leads itself to when Polly Matt Murphy, Murphy was born, everything was at its most stressful. That's when I started um, going through some treatment. Yep. Um, and that was when everything kind of, for a 
12 to 18 month period really really went downhill so it's probably when polymet murphy the name is about the rebuild from that yeah. and the strength that you know having the kids and you know now i see them like we've got 50 50 custody um they're with me all the time awesome. you know they're hugely involved with you know they know exactly how the shop works what it means to me you know they're pretty they, they wear the t-shirt to kinder and daycare and stuff so cool, just, yeah man. i like that yeah. I love it, man so good like it's so cool to hear like you're out the other side of it because like you said it's a slippery slope yeah and then you often find that like some people don't make it out of it yeah you just really push through the, the other side of it yeah i'm really i'm really lucky there's no there's no like other way of putting it like i'm very lucky to be here um probably twice over yeah. so yeah without going too much into it there there was some really there was some really dark times there and i i felt like i was you know like i was trying to get better um through the treatment i was sort of really really struggling with um i had no self-esteem like not really saying low self-esteem i just i felt like i was a burden on everyone i felt like i'd let everyone down that being here was was going to affect my kids' lives. Yep. Um, I kind of was in a headspace where I felt that to put people through maybe three to six months of like immense sadness of losing me would then give them a lifetime without the headaches that I was going to continue to put them through. Um, so that's like that's really sad. Like, and and some people don't. I've always struggled with it. Like, I tried to explain to some close friends like the difference between um selfish or selfless yeah like in that moment um and i think the misconception is that it's it's selfless selfless um selfish, selfish yeah. yeah so but what i what i saw it as personally where i was was i was giving up the burden so that they could live free they could be happy they could experience these things i i'd become of no use yep. and of no you know merit yep. and yeah that's it's it's still hard like i haven't you know i probably told you know my my partner now emma um i told her parents maybe like five six months ago and and they were probably the first people that i'd ever told outside of very close friends and you know obviously my parents and my sister i appreciate you Um, speaking about it mate. because look i've got a couple of questions that um i really struggle with now so i've got a friend that's that was going through a lot yeah and i just I just don't know what to say. Like what? Yeah. What? Like I, I don't. I don't know what to do or say. Like I'm there to support always, but I just don't know what to do. Like what do you like? Yeah, it's so it's so hard. You just want people like, you know, in terms of getting better and actively seeking help. Yeah. You just want people that are just there to support you and just take any expectation out of it. Yeah. Um, some days, going to get a coffee can be the hardest thing in the world. sitting next to someone and talking to them can be hard so just like being like removing all expectations and just being a mate just being a friend you know just getting around whatever achievements they're managing to do like you know things like being out in nature eating good food drinking water getting sleep these are things that can be absolutely celebrated when someone's having a bad time yeah you don't need to necessarily like you're not going to go leaps and bounds like my terms of for me rebuilding was rebuilding everything um so to have people around me like one of my best mates justin who i did my apprenticeship with um you know like he calls me now like every two or three days and like we'll celebrate anything like if he if he's worked a day and bought a bottle of wine for his wife on the way home i'm like we get around each other like our friendship is purely just you know like fangirling each other because it's it's a good effort to get through a day and to be a decent person and to care for people Mm. like you don't i don't know the the misconceptions of what society says like you should achieve now is ridiculous i think social media is to blame for that oh it is everything's just like a highlight reel and yeah i hate social media um yeah i'm all over it because i have to be because of the business business yeah like it's you know i have to be 24 hours a day glossy beautiful photos this is me you know i also think it's real though like what you do is oh 100 it's it's real but it comes at a huge toll yeah like you know honestly like the amount of stuff that like 
you know, Emma goes through now listening to me like rant and rave at 10 o'clock at night being like, I've got to respond. She's like, you know, what are you doing? It's like, I've got to post. Like I've got to, yeah. I've got to tell these people or it's like, you know, like we, we do a lot of, you know, giveaways for people that need help. Like we'll, we'll post and say, um, you know, we've got five or 10 of these. Send us a DM if you know of someone in Ballarat that needs something and we'll deliver it. Awesome. But what people don't see is I'm not doing it for like good PR or anything. No, you're doing it because and you want to. Like you yeah. It's, it's I got, yeah. Yeah, I got 50 responses once and some of them were horrendous. Like I was upset in my house. Like it was people are having miscarriages, you know, someone's, you know, partner's an alcoholic going through domestic abuse, you know, and you're reading this on your phone at home purely just trying to to help. And that's where social media is so hard because you're always accessible and anyone can send you anything. Yep. So it's, it is 100% real, but it's exhausting. And I try so hard to, to be genuine. Yep. But then at the same time, I can only do so much because like mentally for me, I can't. It takes a huge toll. Yeah. Especially when you've got two kids, you know, one wants to watch Frozen, one wants to watch Cars and... <laughs> You know, and yeah. like you got a, I got a great Dane that you know is like causing all kinds of havoc in the house. It's like it's mental, and yeah. it's like oh, I'm trying to run two shops. Two so I'm like, yeah, some much. days you want to throw your phone, you know, on the roof and just go. No, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> tap out. Do you reckon you'll ever um, uh, give that role to somebody else, or do you think that it just needs to be you? No, I can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm too. I, I'm. I don't, if I stuff up, then I can beat myself up as much as I want. Yeah. But if I give it to someone else, I don't, I, I want to be able to like to give roles to people and like let them come in, but it's taken, that's probably where I've grown the most actually as a business owner, like relaxing a little bit over the last six months and letting people come in yeah. and have more active roles in the business just delegate a bit more yeah. yeah um for a while there i just wanted it to be perfect i just i strive so hard for it to have no faults and then i kind of let people come in and have a look at it and then i realized there was heaps of faults and i was like oh maybe i need to actually realize that some people are really good you know at organizing and ordering stock yep. and i'm really good at this so i'll i'll spend more time on that and i'll delegate yeah perfect that's great. That's that's yeah. the way to do it. That's perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. How many people you got working there now? Uh, we kind of winter's a bit tricky. Um, the maximum we've had is four. Yeah. Um, everyone's always like casual, and we pretty much like Tess was the the number one that came on. I hired her the day I opened. Yep. Um, she came in to buy a plant. It was kind of bizarre, actually. I just said, like, do you want a job? And she's like, oh, because she, she knew so much about it or she was just nice she just came in she looked keen and I said you look like you should work in a plant store and I, I realise now in hindsight that's a strange thing to say <laughs> and probably could be taken all kinds of ways yeah. but she was just like oh actually I'd love that I'm studying landscape design and it was wow. it was the best find ever like she was the best employee yeah um, she's recently moved back to Melbourne because uni's back and all of that um, then I employed her best friend because I was like, well, the closest thing to her will be her best friend mm -hmm. and she's amazing. <laughs> um, and then I employed another friend of Tess's who worked at her other um, place that she was working at the time. Yep. Um, Georgia, she was fantastic. But then I'm always trying to find people that are doing their own stuff. Yeah. Like Georgia has a, had a jewellery business. So yep. I was like, you know, if you can push that, push that, don't work for me. Do your and, own thing. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Emma came on um, and yeah, it just made sense. Like we lived together. I needed help in the shop. She was working in Dalesford, traveling back and forth. Yep. And we was kind of just like, you know, would you like to, you know, go all in and live together, work together, you know, and she, she's been great. So, yeah. So is that how the shop uh, started in Dalesford? Like you had... Uh, yeah, so my auntie's lived in Dalesford for a long time, or like Mount Franklin, just out the other side. She's got close to 50 acres out there. And I just always grew up, loved it, um, and just wanted desperately to like have a shop there because I was like, this is an excuse to go there all the time. Yeah. So I thought, again, like it was probably everyone told me not to do it. Like I hadn't even had the first birthday in Ballarat. And then I was like, you know, let's go to two shops and didn't really give it 
as much thought as you should probably give something like that. Didn't have the staff numbers for it. Yep. Um, double the stock, double the costs. And I was like, no, it'll be great. Everyone will love it. You know, I'll be really happy. I'm in Dalesford. This is perfect. And then realize logistically how hard being in two places at the same time is. Do you think it's better to be sometimes naive though? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think into things much. Like I'm, you know, like as I've told you a little bit about like, you know, my mental health story, it's like I have um, borderline personality disorder, OCD, Yep. and depression and all of these things like BPD summed up is like I can't stay like I'm either really upset really happy and struggle to stay in the middle okay yeah so in terms of business decisions it just depends what day you catch me on because some days like you know I've had moments where like I'd walk home and I'd see someone driving like a you know like a um, vintage Kingswood I'd go home and I would spend four hours on my laptop looking at looking at. I, I got to get a hold and if I don't buy a ninety seventy five Kingswood tonight, like I'm a failure. Like I need it. I know nothing about it, but I like I'm reading forums. I wake up the next morning and go, I don't want that. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's but sometimes I make decisions on those, so that's probably been the hard thing. Like it's you can laugh about it, but it's been managing that. Like because yep. I am incredibly impulsive. Um, some days I like everyone that knows me would say I've got a million and one ideas it's just probably like narrowing my focus a little bit to execute on that you one know. that you really need because with want. the shop I'm like I want to do this 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 and this and it's like well maybe let's just do one of them yep yeah that's good though I don't, I don't mind that yeah um, I've got a I've got a favourite plant yeah I don't think I can get it in here. So there's one. I'm gonna. Are you? So you say you're open today? Yeah, we're open today. I've got tests after you, but I'll, I'll come. What time are you open till? Uh, we're here until five today. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll come down and buy a plant. What am I gonna put in the corner behind you? Well, I was, I was actually talking about it because I said to Emma, "Do he's messaged me before saying he's gonna come buy a plant, yeah, and he hasn't come." Yet, and I was like, "Do I take one?" And I was, we were trying to come up with something for in the middle of the desk. I'm, I'm right there, then, right behind gonna, you. So it's on, like yeah. on camera. What do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon you've got to go like it's pretty pretty dark in here. I reckon you've got to go like a like a Kentia palm or something like okay. something big and lush, yep. whilst easy to look after. I was gonna say it's easy to yeah, maintain. Just yeah, like, like low light tolerant, doesn't right. need a heap of water, just oh. likes humidity. That's probably the only thing, but. Yeah, I reckon a little misting bottle for you in here and magnificent. All right, behind the behind the camera, I reckon that's be, what I, I that'd just be reckon. Be nice, yeah. yeah. Um, do you sell any? So it's my favourite tree. I don't know how many people uh, buy them, but what do you? It, it's culture. I want you to guess. Actually, it's culture. It's in a movie from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, wax on, wax off. Oh, um, I know what movie you're talking about, but I can't think of a Cupping plant from it. No, it's, it's been a it's long like time. It's like on the logo. It's like on the logo, Mr. Miyagi. Honestly, I don't reckon I've seen the Karate Kid since the '90s. I reckon I'm struggling. Bonsai tree. Oh, yeah, I get asked for bonsais a lot. Yeah. Um, Meg's mom, Leanne at Campana's, shout out to Leanne, um, is hassling me for one, and she, I prom- she wants one. Yeah, and I promised her I'd get her one. I don't know. It's a real art, like growing mm. a bonsai. Um, I don't know a lot about them. Yep. So I'm hesitant to sell something that's such a discipline because I just, I can't, I respect it, but I don't know about it. it so seems I, full on. Is, oh, like, it's full on. It like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's amazing. Um, Japanese um, culture and gardening is. Is it is, Japanese or Chinese? Japanese. I'd, I've always thought Japanese bonsai. I thought it was Chinese. Oh, cool. Jeez, this is. Maybe it's. Ja- oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've yeah. been to China. I reckon there was a lot. Oh, actually, I don't know. I'm not going to yeah. speak on it. Wow, this could be really Here embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Japanese culture and bonsai, and it turns out to be I'm Chinese. Certain I'm certain that the China. Oh, hang on. This, the internet doesn't work for me. God damn it. Um, I'll find that out. That'll be interesting. I'm certain it was Chinese. Okay, cool. What are your thoughts on fake plants then? Oh. <laughs> Sam Griffin's house. What is he a fake? Does oh, he? Yeah, loves them. <laughs> he's calling him out. Fake and, plants. Yeah, another another mate that says he's going to come in and never does. Um, is it yeah, what it, to buy some real ones? Yeah, yeah, I'll come in. I'll come in. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to see him. Promise um, him I'll be in. I said if I, I I feel like saying to Sam and Tess like if you bought a plant for every time I bought a burger, I reckon your house would look a hell of a lot better. <laughs> um, <laughs> you no, frequent I, there a bit. Uh, Griffenberger. Yeah. Yeah, I like Griffenberger. Um, Dr. Phil will be good when it's in town. Um, yeah, I did see yeah. that through cocktails and that. Yeah. Actually, I got pretty, pretty... Like, I don't get drunk too often. Yeah. And two weeks, three weeks ago, I can't yeah. remember whenever we came, you just got, out of lockdown. Yeah. So, Dr. Phil. 
ended up at Renard bad. Yeah. Very, very bad. And they're pretty cheap out there, I think. Yeah, I've only like been the, once. I went for my 30th last year yeah. um, with some friends and, yeah, loved it. But, yeah, it's probably... Cocktails aren't my go. Like, I stick to beer. Alcohol is... Sandra. I, I really like alcohol, but yeah. it's it doesn't... Mess with your head? Yeah, yeah. yeah the day after, a, depressed. It gets me in a bad place. Yeah. Um, so, like, I kind of try and monitor that. Definitely. Now I'm like beers, and I'm just, like, obsessed with pet nats. Who? Like, like pet nat wine. Like, it's, like, all natural. It's, like, fizzy. Like, I hate flat wine. Like, I like reds. Yeah. But, you know, like... I've like discussed... a sparkling red? Yeah, yeah, like that. Or, like, they come in, you know, they come in rosés and... Yeah. Yeah, campanas sell a few. Um, but, yeah, really, like, obsessed with those at the moment. Yeah, should have Just... had a red before, man. You should have grabbed grabbed a red or... Yeah. Red or two. Well, there's still time. There's still, <laughs> there's still time. Um, so... The risk, the risk factor, I think, that a lot of people don't understand or don't really think about. Did any of that go through your head? Like, I know you say you sort of jump into things, but yeah, going back to the, the business side of things, did yeah. you did you ever ever think at the start, this is not going to work, or you just went to it blind? So my spreadsheet that I was running with before signing of Ballarat was, can I afford to buy stock for like one time only, mm. pay all the bills, all the insurances, not sell one plant or anything for 18 months and just be okay going broke. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'll I'll be like, I did the calculations and I was like, the money I've got, I might be like, I might have to borrow like 50 bucks. Yep. And I could walk away broke. On 18 months? 18 months. That's pretty good. That was, that, was my, that was my budget. Yep. How much were you, what did you allow for like you eating every week and that? Not much. Nah. 50 yeah. bucks or something? Yeah, like yes. not, mu- not much at all. And yeah. it was like, when I was telling people this, they were like, geez, that doesn't sound great for the business. Like you're banking on not selling anything. And well, just like, ca- that's what you got to do. Worst case scenario. Yeah, I was like, that's, this is the worst case scenario. Yeah. And then, yeah, opened the doors and kind of, yeah, people turned up, started selling plants and yeah. Then it's just been... Yeah, probably haven't really changed a great deal in terms of like taking much out of it, been trying to invest back in the business. But yep. yeah, it was certainly, I ran all the numbers on worst case scenario. I wasn't banking on making money. Yep. It was never, it was kind of, can I do this and not, you know, be completely broke? Or can I do this best case scenario and walk away, say, uh, if I did it for four years? And have the exact same money that I had when I started it. That would be fantastic. Awesome. If someone said I could do this for five years and not make a dollar, like it's it's the greatest privilege ever. Like because I, it gives you purpose or what? Yeah. Like yeah. I I've gone from not being employable, having no self esteem, barely few like fairly few friends in you know Ballarat to now I've met people, I've got mates, I've got purpose, I've manage the shop so that it's open when the kids are in you know daycare and kinder and with their mum and then whenever i'm not at the shop i've got the kids like it's you know it's it's honestly the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me um and that's why sort of like when i turn up and and when people come in like i am so grateful and so appreciative because i'm aware of what it allows me to do yeah you know this business doesn't like I don't drive a Mercedes I don't drive a Range Rover like I don't and I don't care for those cars this business supports you know Emma and I two kids you know um, allows us to be able to buy you know take out once a week and you know like invest in our life but like moderately and that's all we're sort of wanting to do Um, yeah and that's why yeah like I do I do feel like I'm one of the luckiest people in Ballarat like I've got a I've got a shop in an amazing location and I've got people that have been able to sort of like get to know me and, and, you know, become friends. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's, that's probably the, the biggest thing out of it all. Who did the colors in that for you? Yeah, that's me. Is it? Yeah. See, I love the colors. I'm obsessed like... with pastels. Yeah. Like, pastel I, pigs. I, I just, I'm <laughs> massive on it. Um, it's, it's actually the, the color of 2019, I think it was. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, it's so funny cause like when I started, it was like when Polly met Murphy and it's pink and there's neons and everything is very like what people would say is feminine. Yep. So I was getting all these DMs being like, hey, babe, 
like thinking I'm Polly. Oh. And I'm going, so I'm writing back like, I'm going, oh. Hey, dude. I don't, yeah, I don't want to be like, you know, so I'm sometimes signing off with like Cam, but like I don't want to be, you know, like known. I was like, so I was like, oh, hey, hey, babe. Um, <laughs> hey, babe, what's doing? Just kind of feeling like, geez, like, you hey, know. girl. Well, yeah, what am, what's going on here? Um, yeah, so that was pretty, pretty funny, actually. And then people were just very like, they wouldn't, not like I needed credit for it, but no one believed me. I was like, it doesn't like believe what? Pay, like, believe that, that I, you did the colors. Yeah, that, that I yeah. decided to come up with the the branding, the flow of the shop, how I'd market it, how I'd style it. Like, you know, it just came. I thought it was a good idea, and I didn't ever change. I didn't ever change from it. Yeah. Um, and even with like our marketing now, like you know, I don't like we just did like a release of merch. Um, is that what you're wearing now? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, we got it designed by like this really awesome person um, called Ruby who lives in Brisbane who's got Down syndrome and yep. she just draws and you DM oh, her. Cool. She draws like whatever you want and she's like keen as, like she loves it. Um, and I'm like, well, I'd rather do that than, you know, like I've got nothing against screen printing or anything or like getting a generic design, but I like something that people see and go, like where's that from? Yeah, bit unique. Yeah, like when oh, Polly so went. So with, she's she. Yeah, like, she drew all this. I reckon so it looks cool. like. Um, yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it looks like the like the cover of like the movie Jack or something. You know, like Robin Williams. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yep. I'm like massive into that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, funny, babe. Hey, babe. What's yeah, going hey, on, babe. Yeah, that's that's me. Slide into the DMs. Slide into DMs, babe. Yeah. What um, what's what tip? Do you have any tips or advice for people wanting to get into it? Um. The biggest issue I've got with like business at the moment is like in terms of if I gave advice is just to not be a sheep. Like don't like don't copy someone. Mm. Like I feel like that's where it's getting hard in certain industries at the moment is like you've got to find something that sets you apart to someone else. It's a bit niche. Um, like when I opened, like there was no one else selling indoor plants yep. as their own thing yep. um you know like there's the awesome people out of formosa you know stems were doing a few whites florists were doing a few but like these are different businesses so to sort of come in and go okay we're gonna represent different products we're gonna have different suppliers you know i'm gonna use all the contacts that we've had for you know 10 years working in the industry and we're gonna bring them to ballarat what I've seen a lot now is people seeing an idea and going, I can just I can do, do that. that. Yep. It's like my Is there a few of those in town? Yeah. Uh, there's there's two others that do it. Um, one of them, really lovely lady, um, Mel, she's super nice. Um, we've got a good relationship like over Instagram. Like we'll, if there's a lockdown, we'll say hey, like, babe. oh, thinking of you. Yeah. Hey, babe, <laughs> yeah, massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All that. Or like massive on the DMs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's then there's the other one, and look, we don't. I I try so hard to like I don't follow anyone. Like we don't. I don't look and go, oh, someone's selling an Angus and Celeste pot with a, you know, a piece of in it. I need to do that. Yeah. You know, I just I see it and put it together, and if it, people like it, great. If they don't, that's cool. Um, we'll go again. And when I, when I find that people are going out of their way to try and do things that we're trying to like we did maybe first or you know like i don't own horticulture i don't own indoor plants i'm not naive to that but like when you've got people that are calling my real estate agent in ballarat asking if we're going to break the lease to find out if we're still around like that's where that's where the line gets drawn to me i'm like i'm like yeah you you need to did the real estate agent tell you that yeah wow yeah, so this is the, this is the thing about like when you've got when you build relationships with mm, people, like it's what talk. I what's what I try and do. Like I've the real estate agent to me, I'm never going to ask him to get a beer. Yeah, but I treat him with respect. I pay all my bills on time. Yep, and you know, I I wow. called him about something and you know he led the conversation and said I just want to let you know this, um, and that was probably yeah one of the one of the sadder moments I reckon about being in Ballarat was yep. was knowing that. You know, I don't do anything wrong by anyone else, and to know that someone's going out of their way to try and undermine it, or yep. you know, find out if I'm leaving, it's like I'm so private. Like you don't, people don't know much about me. They know me in the business sense, but I felt like I was, I felt like I was under the microscope in a way 
that just made me feel gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that shit. Yeah. Um, let's move on to some questions, mate. So I did send these to you last night. Yeah, so you did. Yeah. What's something that someone would be surprised to know about you? Uh, probably what we spoke about earlier, just about the starting the business off the back of having come from the lowest point in my life. Um, yeah. You know, uh, that's probably something that people wouldn't realize. I think starting a business, it sounds like, you know, you would have a good footing behind you and you'd be, you know, there'd be a lot of work going into it. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was kind of a savior. Um, yeah, that's probably that's something that people don't realize. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I'm glad, you, and I'm, I am really glad that you talked about that because yeah, no, thanks for giving me the platform to so, share it and make me so feel good so open. comfortable. Because it's only you know, like it's like you said before, it's it's one person to hear this that could change. Like, well, he did it. Like, oh yeah, and that's why, like, I've always I've always said, like, we you know we're massive on you know, um, are you okay day and things like that, and we always say like we're contactable. Like, if someone walked in the shop and wanted to chat, like we're like I'm open yep. to help. I can only help so much. But if being brave in this hour with you is going to help someone or give someone the the confidence to go and seek help, yep. then like I'll put myself through that because you know like I'm lucky to be here, so I can't treat that with disrespect. Like I have to pass that on. Yeah. You know, and I feel like I feel like that's my obligation now. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Um, what do you love most apart from family? Oh yeah. yeah. See, Get like the bang, kids is bang, the the yeah. kids one is the one that you just go straight <laughs> away. Like, what do you love most? I said last night. Like, this is a very open question. Mm. Um, I love probably just being creative, just doing something that makes like, as I said, like I'm not an artist. I'm not any good at it, but I love creating something. I love growing plants. I love, you know, um, doing something different. Yeah. Um, finding something you know that gives me fulfillment and a creativity like a creative space do you do much around Ballarat apart from the plant stuff like do you have anywhere you go to like do you go down to is it Picasso never been there I'm keen yeah yeah, yeah, I reckon we could put a crew together and go for sure I reckon that'd be be yeah that'd be alright no I haven't um, yeah I haven't done too much like in terms of like creative stuff around Ballarat but yeah just like you know more so stuff at home and yeah yeah, cool and in the shop uh, what are you most afraid of? Uh, failure and letting people down. Like, um, I'm my biggest fear is of abandonment, like of being left. Um, I think it comes from like my childhood, um, and that's like I'm terrified of it. Yep. I'm, and I'm probably hard. I'm a hard person to probably be in a relationship because it, like with because of that because I'm terrified that people are going to leave me. I'm terrified that I'm going to let my friends down. Yep that my family is going to wake up one day and go, he's actually not a good person. Even though I know that I am, like that fear is pretty crippling sometimes. Um, and that comes through with the shop as well. Like I'm I'm terrified of letting the shop down and, you know, we get a lockdown and we turn up seven days later. I'm terrified that no one's going to come. Are you fully stressed all the time? Like, Yeah, I'm really stressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stressed out. Um, yeah, yeah I, I try and manage it. Like, I have lots of coping mechanisms now that I've worked really hard on, but I would, I've kind of said to like people in my life, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to spend like a day in my head. Like it's, it's a busy space. It's a stressful space. I don't say that I'm worse off than anyone else, but yeah, some days do feel like, you know, I build things up into pretty big issues before they even sort of become something. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm probably more stressed out than what most people would be, and most of the stress is probably completely fabricated like in my self, head. Yeah, yeah, so yeah self literally, yeah. Stress. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's something you've said that someone said to you in your life that's just never left you? Uh, when I was doing my apprenticeship, um, my like one of my best mates, Justin, was sort of always big on explaining. It's not a quote, but it's explaining that like whatever you decide to do or be to strive to be the best at it or the best you can be at it. And that really stuck with me because, you know, I was always, you know, you'd, you'd grow up and people would be, oh, I'm going to be a hairdresser and someone would say, you know, why don't you go to uni? Yep. It's like, you know, I'm, you just, just do whatever you want to do, what makes you happy, have a purpose, have a passion and just do it well. And that's what I've carried with me my whole life is, you know, whether it's 
in business or in life or in, as a friend or as a partner or as a dad i just want to be the best i can be at it and that's what i'd tell someone else to do yeah you know that doesn't mean that if you take up swimming you need to win gold at the olympics that just means that when you get in the pool you might you know do your pb and that's awesome like yeah. you know just be content with being getting the most out of yourself yeah yeah awesome what that um who do you want to send the podcast next i reckon like you've got to go um i'm always terrified to say his name torkel you know torkel from the comfort of strangers next door to campanas no you've got to meet this guy he is so he's the owner yes so interesting he's an actor oh wow like he's on um he's been on like the secret life of us and like yeah yeah. like all these like he's been on van demon's land and like these other movies He's got this quirky bar, and I feel like, honestly, you might not understand a word he says for an hour, but it would, I would listen. Where's he from? What's his nationality? Uh, I think he's English or Scottish background, okay. I think. Yeah. But he's an interesting cat. Um, and boys went there lot the other weekend. I oh, quite they're, make it they're there, huge on it. Yeah, okay. just yeah. for, like, you know, a quick one, yeah. you know, sort of when they close the deli or whatever. But we go there all the time, and I love him. I reckon he's brilliant. Comfort of strangers. Comfort of strangers. Oh, I reckon I hit him up because there. he's... Might go yeah. there tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if they're open. Everyone's open. Everyone's back open, aren't they? I reckon it's the opposite. I reckon... Like, oh, people aren't back open? No, no. He's not, not open? He's not open. Like, oh. Regazone, he's not not. They're not open. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Moon and Mountain, I think they're just doing takeaway. Yeah, I did say they were just doing yeah. takeaway. Um, hmm... Don't know. So, yeah, are, you, where, a, are you watching the grand final? Are you in footy? Yeah, I'm going to watch it just at home. Um, I'm a Pies fan, so it's um, nothing to celebrate here. Yeah, go yeah. Pies. Yeah. I'm going to try and watch it. I'm trying to organise with Steve downstairs. I yeah. Was like, oh, can we get 10 boys or something downstairs oh, yeah. and watch on the cinema? It'd be awesome. So here we go. Um, anything else you want to share with the listeners, man? Mm. Uh, no, I think, I think I've pretty much shared mm. like a bit about me, a bit about the shop. Um, yeah, I think I just want people to realise that like we are who we say we are um we're you know we're authentic we have a passion for what we do um we take it really personally the service we give um and that's probably the biggest thing that that like i invest in with staff and with myself is just being an honest representation giving like good knowledge good service and yeah although I'd probably be pretty horrified if I was walking down the street with the kids and someone said hello to me like you know I am you know who I say I am. I'm yes, yeah. I'm very shy and very like removed from. Yep. You know, the social yeah, aspect, which is fine. That's yeah. just you as a person. Yeah. Awesome, man. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, thanks so for having coming me. On. I appreciate well. it. Get a few reds into us. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming out. See ya. Thanks for tuning in, team. Once again, would appreciate any reviews you've got down below. Have a great day.